Yes, coming in hot with episode 44 of the Football Played on Paper podcast. I'm Sean and I'm joined by Jobber. How are you, mate? No intro this week. Sorry about that. It's a bit disappointing. Yeah, great. Look, we had the biggest cup competition in Europe kick off um, again and the Champions League too. So really up and about for this week. Good to hear, mate. Um, So let's get into flavor of the pod. So um, this week we're talking about a new world order with um, Mbappe and Halan running things in the Champions League. We're off to the Division 1 of Europe, which we call the Europa League, um, and we'll cover match day 25 of the Prem. So let's crack in with the opening question. What do you got? All right. So it was a big week for a couple of star youngsters. So Kylian Mbappe with a hat trick. And Erling, Alpha Erling Haaland with a double and a double. really impressive performance for him. Just involved in everything. So that was in this week's UCL. So they even mentioned that they watched each other and noted how many the other scored. I think Haaland said he got free motivation because um, you don't get anything for free from PSG. But um, he took that one in. So do you think we have a new Messi-Ronaldo rivalry brewing? I think it's definitely brewing. I don't think it's here yet, though. I think Messi and Ronaldo still have a bit more time at the top. But I think, yeah, these two guys are definitely next in line. And I already like that they've mentioned each other. So, as you say, um, Haaland mentioned that um, he watched Mbappe and the damage he did. And given that uh, he played the day after, I'm sure Mbappe picked up on that interview and uh, checked out Haaland's goal. So, yeah, interesting. Um, And I like that those two are sort of... Know, tag themselves as, as the next Messi and Ronaldo. So not yet, but brewing, I'd say. What about you? Yeah, so Mbappe is negotiating a new contract. So I'd say he had a couple of zeros in there that the um, PSG owners probably won't even notice. But um, I don't think this is the new Messi-Ronaldo rivalry. So in, an, in an era that I grew up in, there wasn't like two distinct players who were ever the best players in the world. I think we've been blessed in the last, what, 15 years where we're like, these are the two best players on the planet. They're going head-to-head. It's one or the other. Whereas he's in the 90s, you could make an argument because the game was less globalised. You'd be like, oh, if I go over to Italy and watch Del Piero, he's the best. Or if you go watch English game, you're like, oh, Kino's the man. Like, look at all these titles he's winning. Like, we didn't have that um, two-tiered hierarchy. So I don't think it's, I don't think we're going to see that again either. Um, oh, even like though, like, like the, so, what the time you're talking about, there wasn't the sort of the globalization of the game, and you know, you have access to every league in sort of every country. That's why that stuff didn't happen. But you're saying, even though that these, is the case now, no, these two titans going head to head, like it's, I just don't think there's anything you can compare it to in history. Like mm. two people, just so not so much better, but two people better than everyone else. The the thing that sort of I'm perplexed by is who's that number three. Because we're looking for a three. Is it Neymar? Is it Eden Hazard one year? Like, I just don't think we're going to have that. Um, I think there's like a nice spread emerging around the next Mm. generation of players. Uh, Very good. Okay, so we might get into the Champions League. So good to have the Champions League back. And we had a big fixture to open us up with. Barcelona 1, PSG 4. What did you make of this one? And do you feel sorry for yourself that you tipped Barcelona? <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, mean, I knew this had come up. But I didn't realise it came up so quickly. Um, so no Neymar, no problems for PSG. So they were they were on top of them from the outset here, weren't they? Yeah. No, I think um, 
I did pick PSG. That's probably why it's come up so early. Um, I think the penalty where which got Barcelona off to the one nil start um, was a bit a bit soft. But to be fair, um, given the Champions League and the new world we live in, probably not the worst call I've ever seen of all time. But um, yeah, Neymar. Oh, sorry, Messi took that really well. Um, nice finish into the roof of the net and got Barcelona off to a cracking start. By this point, but. Mbappe was already looking quite ominous, wasn't he? Like I felt like Sergio Sergio Des just couldn't get near him, and there's I think there's a great image of him pulling him back by yeah. his shirt. But you could sort of see Mbappe just building to something, um, and I was really worried about Des the whole game. And then after that penalty, that just seemed to bring him to life, didn't it? Mbappe just exploded. Mbappe exploded, but I think PSG sort of got hold of the game at that point as well. I, I feel as though from that point on, they they really dominated, dominated the ball and the the tempo um, of the game. Um, yeah, before Mbappe got his um, got his first goal. So, what did you think of the defending for his first goal? He sort of like a like I oh know it was a little bit scrappy in terms of the build up, and then it just sort of fell to him past. Um, PK, and then he yeah he just sort of skipped past and blasted in from close range. But I think the the two centre backs for PSG probably got some um, questions to to answer, don't you? So think? what was defending? It PK and um, so PK and Longley was it? Yeah, Longley, yeah, centre back. Yeah, so I I um I don't know about that because I think in the world that we just went for that twenty seventh minute penalty, like Mbappe's feet was so sharp, just bang, knocks it across. And he's in. Like, and I don't think, uh, what, what's Gerard Piquet now? Like, what, 45, 50? Something like that. But he, he also come up from a huge injury. And this is his first game back. So he hadn't played in like six weeks or something. So your first game back is um, PSG in the round of 16 with Mbappe <laughs> in the form he's in and the pace yeah. he's got. And considering the age he is, yeah, I mean, it's a tough time to come back. But yeah, Barcelona feels though they need to rush him back and it didn't really work. No, they were absolutely mugged off after this. After second half, I felt like the most concerning thing for Ronald Koeman is how much they wilted. Like this is this is Barcelona we're talking about here. This is the best team of the past sort of fifteen years of this generation, and like they wilted last year in spectacular fashion, and they've done it again here. Like PSG's second half, like it could it should have been more. Could have been more, yeah, for sure. I think um, so. Then Moisey King goes on and, and gets a, a free header, which um, is not great defending at all. But then I think the goal of the game, and definitely, um, probably, oh, not definitely, probably the goal of this round, um, Mbappe. So a little slip ball through to him, and he just sort of opens his body and just whips it around. Top bins to make it four in the 84th minute, and at 4 1. Are we saying this tie is done, or do we remember some of the epic comebacks of this? Never fixture? forget. Yeah. Never forget. Yeah, and it's not done. So it's not done for you. No. Well, oh, I don't know. I feel like they wilted more than PSG did. But so PSG didn't have De Maria or Neymar, who I think they'll get De Maria back for the second leg as well. But I know it's happened before, and oh, I felt like it was Fabregas or someone unusual picked up the winner in that game late. But um, yeah, I just think PSG are a different side. Like, they are a much different side. They were quite naive going through uh, the previous time when Barca came back in 1-5-1. But this time, they're sort of hardened by that Champions League final loss. And the way they just disposed of them this time, I don't, I can't see that happening again. I can see PSG coasting home from here. What about you? Yeah. No, well, I don't think the tie's done, done. But I think, it, yeah, it's definitely dying for Barcelona. I wouldn't rule them out completely. But I think, yeah, as you say, the PSG have grown from that and they've learned from that. And I think they'll be good enough to close this tie out. 
Um, I think for Barca to have sort of any hope, Messi needs some help. I thought Griezmann was okay in patches, had a good chance that he blast past the the post. But um, Dembele, oh, man, some of his shots, they just look like back passes. They'll hit so soft and, and so slow. Frankie de Jong, I think he's, um, yeah, I think his positioning was out a, a few times. Busquets is just typical him. I thought he played reasonably well. But I think, yeah, Barca need some more um, contributors, especially in the front third, if they are to turn this tide. But for me, I think PSG are good to go. So PSG for me and PSG for you to go through. Yeah, definitely. Pretty easy. All yep. right, let's let's move on to Leipzig, nil, Liverpool, two. And I think you and I picked it the other way around for this one. So you got this one right, and I think I picked RB. Yeah, no. So I confidently tipped Liverpool, and they um, they came through Delivered. for me. So I know you're I know you're a big fan of playing out from the back at all costs, and this Where game identified at all costs, didn't it? Yeah. A couple of errors back there from the RB boys that like seem so easily prevented. Well, I think that's the key to this game, isn't it? Liverpool didn't um, break them open or you know slice them open with any type of passes or you know press them too hard or anything like that. It was all self inflicted wounds from um, RB, which um, which cost them. Yeah. Um, who was it? Um, Mukane? Was it? Yeah, Mukane uh, that- right back there. Yeah, and then he that dive where he's tried to sort of hook it with the outside of his right foot. I mean, come on, just horrible to see. Look, I've got a, I've got a bit of a, a bit of a bee in my bonnet around Leipzig. Um, so it's Mukalele, and he's trying to play out as well. So he's made a mistake. But the other player that I think um, pot- potentially flatters to deceive is Upamecano. So everyone tells me how good he is and what he can do with the ball and how he can charge out from the back. But like. Those goals were literally like straight up the guts. Like yeah. most Salah's in right up the middle. And he plays in the middle of a back three. Exactly. He plays in the middle of a back three. Like literally no one could be more accountable. Granted, there's a mistake in there, but I feel like there's a lot of hype going on around him, but there's some fundamental deficiencies in the way he defends. Yeah, I agree. Um, RB had a nice chance early, I think, from a ball in from Angelino. Um, but yeah, couldn't. Couldn't uh, convert that. And then, as you said, two mistakes from RB and um, Mane and Salah um, both get their goals and a bit of a surprise win for me, for Liverpool, no, given their form me, in the Premier. But I do think RB are very much still in this tie and Liverpool will give them chances just by the way that they play and the, the absentees they have. So there is definitely hope for RB because um, even in the second half they had a couple of decent chances, but this one's definitely still on. Oh, yeah, see, I'm not so sure. I think it's still on, like it's still plausible, but I think it is still rather unlikely um, given that Liverpool got their two away goals and now they go back to Anfield for this fixture. So, yeah, I, had, I mean... I had draw. a coach, right, as a youngster person who was a much wiser man than you that once told me he would rather go yeah. in at half time oh, no. down than up 2-0. Mm, yeah, okay. And what level What level was that? <laughs> Under 13s. <laughs> <laughs> it was an extremely high level, um, and he said he'd rather be down than up 2-0. So we're assuming this tie is halfway through, and he would rather be down at this point than up 2-0. As much as I want to dissect that, I don't think we have time for that. So oh, so I'll go Liverpool through here. You're happy with Liverpool to go through here from here? Yeah, I think they will go through, but I think there'll be some hairy moments in the second league. Mm, so from two ties that are almost all but done to two that are very much in the balance. So... 
Sevilla 2 at home to Dortmund 3. And if I remember correctly, I picked this and you picked Sevilla. So, Not only did I pick the result wrong, but I picked the whole like connotation of the game wrong. So I was so Sevilla had only conceded one, I think it was one goal in nine games leading up to this. Like they are absolutely fantastic down back, and Haaland just blew them apart. Wow, wow. Yeah. Um, so early on, nice footwork from Suso for the, for the first goal. Bit of a deflection in there, in there that got lucky, but the footwork before it was nice. Um, and then pretty much from then on, it was the um, Haaland show. He's uh, for so for his, I think it was um, Dortmund's second goal, but Haaland's first. He just bullied his way straight through the middle. Yeah, don't you think? Like it wasn't the in, the play wasn't that intricate, and he just sort of bullied his way through, got one on one, and just blasted at home um, real close. His athleticism, like I know, obviously he's a very good footballer, but his strength and agility and athleticism, like it's just he doesn't. He looks a bit ungainly. But he's so he's strong and fast, yeah. yeah. Like just the way he sort of kept moving and his work rate, like I thought, was just incredible. It's good, yeah. Like, unbelievable um, performance. And his second goal, um, technically, was similar to Mbappe's, where the ball got sort of slipped through for for him, and he sort of opened his body and put it across the other side of the keeper. I appreciate it was on his left foot, and Mbappe was on his right. Um, but yeah, so same sort of technique um, with his second goal. Eighteen goals in this Champions League. That's not, not bad, bad is it? That those are Ronaldo slash Messi esque numbers, aren't they? Numbers, yeah, yeah. Absolutely filling his boots. And how do you feel about this tie? Still on a pretty even keel, or do you think Dortmund will have too much in the second leg at home? No, I think I think it's very much an uh, an even um, keel, as you say. But you've got to lean towards Dortmund, obviously taking the win in this game, and the three away goals are huge. But uh, De Jong keeps the tie alive late doors. He seems to pop up for crucial, crucial goals for Sevilla, doesn't he? Yeah, he scored against Manchester United last year in the Europa League, which um, I think proved quite critical. But it's a, it's, it's a very good goal to get just to get that ascendancy going into the second leg. Um, I'm genuinely excited about this. I think this is the most exciting second leg just based on the nature of the first one. But I, yeah. I'm actually going to go and say I'm going to say Sevilla can turn this around and will turn this around. Wow. Um, I am going to go Dortmund. I think, yeah, I tip them to win this away leg. And I think once they get home, um, that will help them as well. And then three away goals is a big thing to jump over for Sevilla. So interesting. We're um, split on that one. And so let's go to the final fixture. Porto at home, two, Juventus, one. And I don't know where to start. Do you start at the very start? Where uh, where Chesney is, um, who knows what he's play it, play it. Just play it out. Bend the off the shoulder. I got absolutely no idea what's going around him, and he's like, "Chesney, deal with this." Not a chance. But, like the the commentators were sort of blaming um, Chesney for playing it in there, and and sort of his first touch. But uh, like for me, that wasn't really Chesney's fault. Like the pass was left short, wasn't it? Yeah, what's like? I don't know what Ventica is thinking. Like at that point, when you, what there's like three players around him, and I know you don't want to hear just hoof it, but like don't play it to Sheshny there. Like Dreamy's right on top of him. Like it just seemed like the wrong. And you're two minutes into the game, like do you really need to be doing that? Yeah, it was early doors, wasn't it? Um, Very early doors. And then I suppose the other big event in this game, unless you want to cover anything in the middle, was the pen or not pen 
late doors on Ronaldo. So long ball um, from Delit over the top. Ronaldo with a little Puskas nice first touch, and then he gets cleaned up in what the ninety fourth minute. That's a pen. Thinking, pen. That's an obvious yeah. pen too. Unbelievable. I don't know how the referee doesn't just call that straight away. And like, then VAR, the co- don't even yeah, look you, at it. You can see on the coverage, like, he just runs straight into him. Anywhere else on the park, that's a free kick. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel I was like I was already agitated based on how poor I thought Juventus were. And then Chiesa scores. I didn't think he deserved a goal for his performance. But then, like, this was just so black and white obvious. Like, you didn't need VAR for this. And he's, like, sort of playing around. And then, like, why couldn't he look at it? After is he saying there's nothing there at all? Yeah, well, I don't know why Var didn't just say, um, actually, maybe you should come over to the monitor and have a look at this. <laughs> oh um, shit, you made a hell. <laughs> or just call it themselves, yeah, because that seemed clear and obvious to me. I think probably the timing of it didn't help, like because it was sort of at the end of the game he blew his whistle. I think the timing of that didn't really help. Like it, it created like another dynamic and a piece of confusion that. Um, yeah, they probably didn't need at that point. But, I mean, that's a pen. And at, at the end of the game, Ronaldo is fucking furious at the referee. And then Pirlo comes on, doesn't care. From, and is so he, much is made Italian, of it. He's Italian Frank Lampard. He's got no idea what he's doing. No. Nah, but why? I, could, I want my manager to be furious at that point. I think Rio said this on the coverage. He's like, if your manager comes on to the field, why isn't he absolutely steaming that um, that's not a pen or being given a pen or being looked at? Yeah, so he's probably he's potentially turned his focus to the league now, um, even though they're sitting in fourth and eight points behind Inter. But, like, I, I don't understand that either. Like, Ronaldo's steaming, running his mouth, whatever, and Pirlo's like, yeah, no, don't worry about it. But then everyone else, like, that is an absolute stonewall penalty. Just does not make sense to me. And I suppose he's just sort of thinking about how bad they've been for the entire 90 minutes as opposed to focusing on that, that three minutes. But they were extremely poor, Juve. Yeah, they were extremely poor. I thought they were a little bit unlucky too, like... Um, I think they had some good chances, but what about um, Chesney? Could is could have he dumped better on the second goal that they conceded front post? Yeah, yeah, I never like seeing a keeper get beaten at the front post, but it's a tough one. But he has Did had a see Ronaldo's reaction when it went in. So he got he beaten. Been, he was all right post. with it, wasn't he? He was okay. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, don't worry, pick it up, we'll go again." No, right. <laughs> he was like, he was giving a finger wave. He was shaking his head, kicking the ground, just thinking, "Geez, this is one of my last chances to win a Champions League." And uh, Chesney, yeah. um, the bloody so, Arsenal absolutely. reject, it just cost me a title. So. He kept Allison out of the spot once a long time ago at Roma too. All right, so that's Champions League done. So who's going through in this one, Juve or Porto? I still, I still think Juve can do it. I think the away goal was crucial, and I think they can turn this around. What do you think? Yeah, I think again, I said it in the first league, but I think this one will be the Ronaldo masterclass. I've just called it too early. I'm sensing Ronnie at least at the double to get him through. All right, I called a Ronnie Hattrick. So, yeah, Ronnie, Ronnie Hattrick predicted in the first leg. Not so good. So, Ronnie Double predicted in the second. We'll see how that goes. Let's move on to the B League, um, a.k.a. the Europa League. Um, and let's have a look. We can't obviously cover every game because there is far too many. But um, Real Sociedad, nil. Manchester United, four. How's that looking for Ole wow. What a performance. You just couldn't get a smile out of him in that game. But Manchester United started poorly, as to be expected. Sociedad had a chance after about 90 seconds to go ahead. Um, But after that, it was all Manchester United. So Bruno Fernandes with a double. And then Marcus Rashford tucked one away as well from Fred, what might be the ball of the season. Um, 
hit about a 40-yard pass. Oh, of the season. Come on. 40-yard pass on the deck to Marcus Rashford, top of the 18-yard box. Rashford tucks at home. Looks like Mbappe when he does that. Um, and then Dan James even got on the in on the act oh, later. So you know no, things I'm not are good. covering Dan James. Dan, Dan James picked up an assist with a poor touch too to play Bruno Fernandes in, which was good to see. But comprehensive display from Manchester United. Like they're through. Sociedad didn't really offer much at all, and they were absolutely porous at the back. So great result for Manchester United. I think they're through, and you might see some um, some players you haven't seen in a while in the second leg. Yeah. Yeah, I think Manchester United are through 4-0 away from home. Um, that I don't think that can be turned around by a sociedad. Um, so the other one that we need to cover is uh, Wolfsburg 1, Spurs being carried by Gareth Bale 4. So... If you have a look at the Spurs lineup in this, pretty strong actually, um, especially at the, the back and in the midfield. Um, probably the two that don't normally play, which um, got a bit of a look in, was Dali Ali. Good to see him with boots on, and um, and Bale. But not only did Bale start, he really, really flew out of the gates on this game. So nice little assist there, cross in for Son um, to score a, a header to open the scoring, so an assist there. But let's talk about his goal. So ball over the top, um, and he's just he's gone this little um, chop back on the right foot, sent the defender for a bit of a hot dog, and then absolutely blasted it from close range um, past the keeper. Could the keeper have done better? Maybe, but that was rather close. That was, that was vintage Bale, wasn't it? It was a pity it was against the sixth team in the Austrian Bundesliga. But it was nice to see Gareth back in the goals because Spurs really shouldn't struggle with this one. Like Wolfsburger, not Wolfsburg either, um, they're struggling at the moment and Spurs made a pretty easy job of it today, I think. So no Harry Kane for Spurs. They left him out and gave him a rest for this game. Um, Son played up top on his own. Um, but what do you think this means for Gareth Bale? Do you think it's a, you know, he's just a, a bit part player in the Prem and um, he gets to play the Europa League? Or do you think he's sort of, he's done well enough here and he can make his way into the team, whether that be this week? Um, because obviously they had to travel and this game is rather close to um, their Spurs' next Prem game. So, yeah, will it be too much too soon for Bale? What do you think? Yeah, I don't think this is going to change Gareth's course. It's just such a horrible, disappointing thing to watch, um, like coming on and playing the Europa League fixtures, going from, you know, I just remember the bike in the Champions League final, how far he's fallen. Yeah. Do you think he's going to get back in the side? Based oh, on the I fact think... that he beat this, Wolfs- this well-assembled Wolfsburger 11? Um, I think he, I think he can. I think elements of his game... I think they transcend, doesn't matter who's defending him. I'm not sure that they'd keep up with him on that. And that finish was exceptional. doesn't really matter, again, who's in goal. So I think it probably could. But the trouble for him is his performances um, are really, if they do keep improving in the Europa League, to get into the um, Prem starting 11 of Jose's team, the games are just too close together. So I'm not sure he can play sort of two games inside four days considering they play on a, on a Thursday night. And given the travel as well... Yeah, I'm not sure he breaks straight back in the team, but I think he's trending in the right direction. Yeah, so right. good result for Spurs. That's what, 4-1 on the road. They're through. So, again, you might They're see through. some Mews rolled out in the second one. Next one we'll talk about, Benfica 1, Arsenal 1. Saka getting Arsenal out of jail in this one. Typical Saka at the moment, carrying Arsenal. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was a, a reasonable result for Arsenal away from home. Benfica, obviously a decent to- um, team with, 
hell of a history. So I think, yeah, 1-1 away from home. I think they can go back um, go back to London and potentially um, get this done against Benfica. What do you think? Yeah, so I think uh, looking back, I think Arsenal will be a little bit disappointed. Aubameyang missed a glorious chance in the first half and then going behind to a, a very good player in Pissy. He took the penalty, um, got him level. But, yeah, I think this one is very evenly poised and I just never know with Arsenal what you're going to get, do you? So this second leg could be anything. You think they can bottle it? I think there's a good result. I think they can absolutely bottle it. Yeah. I got a feeling they're going to bottle it and I'll be very happy about it. All right, let's go to the last fixture we agreed to cover on the Europa. Um, Antwerp 3, Rangers 4. Probably the game of this round, you would think. Yeah, Stevie G's having bloody heart palpitations, isn't he? Jazz boys, they should have got. They shouldn't have been as hard as they made it look. But um, Rangers took the lead first half through a rebo, but then Antwerp fought their way back to level. Go ahead. Then Borna Barisic tucks home a pen. Hongla scores again for Antwerp. Barisic comes up with a winner. But in between that, Ryan Kent scores as well. This game just had it all. Had it all. And um, I think, was it seven yellows and a red in this game as well? So, yeah, nice juicy yeah. fixture. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Rangers, they're up 4-3. Rangers go home, um, back to back to Glasgow, and I can't see them losing there. But Stevie, pretty happy to go through. You'd think so. Um, four away goals should get them through. And as you say, that um, once they travel back home, they'll be good to go. So if they go through, right, yeah. and they draw Spurs, will they beat Spurs? Oh, I don't know. The gap's pretty big between those Prem teams and the Scottish Prem How teams. How dare you? How, why do you hate the SPL? All right, let's let's move on. Don't worry about your little problem with Scotland. Let's talk about right. the Premier League. Let's go. So um, our Premier League preview is brought to you by American Express. Our friends at American Express have given us two, two bonus points sign-up offers. So both of those links are in the show notes to this episode. So get in there and get yourself some bonus points um, with American Express. Big shout to American Express. So first game in the Prem to cover is Wolves at home to Leeds. What are you expecting here? A boom or bust style football from Leeds um, or a Wolves going to stop the rot? Yeah, it's really quite exciting to see this one because Leeds are obviously the entertainers of the division and Wolverhampton are very moderated, very slow, very particular about how they do their build-ups. Um, so I tipped Wolves to beat Southampton last week and I'm going to back them again to beat Leeds because I think the pace of Adama Traore and the way that Leeds play, I think Traore is going to have a field day here and I'm going to tip Wolves to win this one. What do you think? Oh, wow. Yeah, um, as I said at the start, it's boom or bust for Leeds in every game, and I think they're going to boom in this game. I think, yeah, given Wolves' struggles recently, I think Leeds will do them, and I think Leeds probably have too much energy uh, for them and will probably get it done. Um, Interesting stat, um, Wolves have turned around a deficit and got points out of those games. The second most in the Premier League this season. Can you tell me who is number one from turning going behind? Manchester United by far. Yeah, Manchester United. So yeah, I think if Wolves go go behind, don't panic on those multis because they're still <laughs> good enough to turn around. But I'm going Leeds. Yeah, all right. We're split again. Good. Split again. All right. Um, on to the next one. So Southampton 
at home to high-flying Chelsea. Is Timo Werner back? So I said I said last week to tip Chelsea and a Timo Werner goal. Everyone's like, no, nah, he'll never score ever again. He doesn't know how. And he bloody did it. And I'm going to put my neck out on the line here, and I'm going to say he's going to score again this week. Southampton, Southampton are in a real rut. They are struggling. They are sinking like a stone at the moment. Um, interestingly, since uh, Tuchel has taken over, Chelsea have not been behind at that's all. A good stat. That's a good stat, isn't it? Yeah, um, is and a- the other thing I need to cover, which is getting a lot of traction in the blogs, you know I'm deep in those blogs, is um, Tuchel's attire on the touchline. So he's not wearing a suit. He's gone the um, sort of tracksuit casual look about him. Not even the casual suit with like the sneakers. He's gone the um, track suit. But there's been um, shouts of him um, sort of raiding the club shop and just wearing straight up apparel. Um, <laughs> so he's full kitted out in Chelsea gear all the way from the beanie down to the socks. What are your thoughts on this from Tommy Tuchel? So do, you think, do you think that if he's worried that if he approaches Roman Abramovich for a uniform allowance, Abramovich will sack him? He's Maybe just he like, took a I'm like, and he's just, like, but Abraham Rich is like, oh, I can't pay you, but go to the club shop, take whatever you want. <laughs> I haven't really got a uniform. It's Frank Warhamall. Um, no, but what a difference he has made, Thomas Tuchel. They just look so much more balanced, like they know what they're doing. Like he's made such a difference to them. And I think um, uniform aside, obviously he's got some problems in that area and hopefully Roman will be able to sort it out. But they, they just look like they're on an upward trajectory very fast and they've turned into like this – banter team that Frank was coaching to like a well-balanced side who just win and ruthlessly win. And they don't concede either. Like they don't concede a lot of goals since he's taken over, which was a massive problem under Frank. Yeah, a couple of key changes that he made. Um, I think personnel-wise has really shot Chelsea in the arm. And yeah, if everyone said that uh, Frank has gone too early, I think the proof is in the pudding. They're back up to um, sorry fourth and in a Champions League spot, and I think they were as low as ninth at one point. So, yeah, looking like a good decision from Abramovich at this stage. Um, and I've got Chelsea being too strong, um, as I said. Southampton's sinking like a stone and Chelsea absolutely flying at the moment. Probably one of the bankers of the week. Yeah, I think this is the lock of the week, to be honest. Um, and okay. I think what last five, Chelsea have won four, drawn one, Southampton have lost them all. So I think this one's pretty cut and dry. Easy. All right, next one we are just going to touch on. Just give me a quick tip because this is probably one of the snooze fest games of the week. We have Burnley at home to West Brom. Quick tip. Burnley. Burnley. All right. Now get excited because <laughs> we have a Merseyside derby. Liverpool at home to Everton. Match of the week, yes or no? Uh, oh, I think it's got to be pretty close, but I know Manchester United play Newcastle as well, and that's the Steve Bruce oh, derby. The United uh, look, derby. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this one to this game, but this is very exciting because Liverpool obviously currently in sixth and on a pretty dramatic slide, I think it's fair to say. Oh, yeah. Everton, you just don't know what they're going to do. Uh, during the week against Manchester City, they were, I think they were ruthlessly dominated for most parts. I think it's pretty fair to say. They had it at one all at halftime, but I don't think that was an accurate representation of the game that was being played out there. Carlo and his two banks of four. Could he be set up to beat Liverpool? Yeah, I think he's set up to beat Liverpool. I'm not sure that Liverpool presses hard and as high as they have been in, in previous years. So potentially... Um, 
yeah, that's something to factor in if you if you are going to sit in against Liverpool at the moment. Um, but I think this game comes at a good time for Liverpool. I think if you look at their Premier League form, they're struggling a bit. Obviously, they did okay in the Champions League or more than okay in the Champions League this week. So I think this fixture and a derby comes at a good time for them. It gives them a chance to sort of get themselves up for, um, yeah, a big game um, and gives them a chance to set things right. Um, and sort of if you look at the two teams and what they're trying to achieve, Liverpool are probably the furthest away from what they're trying to achieve. They're trying to, you know, well, we're trying to win a title. Um, and they're just a long way from that. Whereas if you look at Everton's goals for the year, it would probably be to sit where they are or, or maybe one spot higher in that sixth, seventh or, or fifth spot. So, yeah, I think um, Everton are much closer to their probably their season goals. But they are, have been patchy so far. Big question is how will Allison go? Will he panic and um, and have another howl in him or will he get his shit together? He didn't play in the um, Champions League this week, I don't think. Uh, it's got to be form related too. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think Liverpool. So Liverpool is still without um, Fabinho, Milner, Jota, wow, Gomez, Van Dijk. And I'm not sure if you remember last time these two teams went head to head, what happened to Virgil Van Dijk. So maybe they'll be out for revenge. I don't know. Jordan Pickford probably shouldn't start. But um, Everton got a boost this week. So Dom- Dominic Calvert Lewin will play, and so will Allen. And I like having Allen back in there. He hasn't played since mid-December. And he had, I thought his early season form was excellent, sort of tapered off a little bit. But I think just having that like pragmatic, dogged midfielder in there is going to be really good for their cause. I actually think Everton are going to win this game. Interesting. I think Liverpool are going to win this game, um, despite being winless in their last five at Anfield. So, yeah, you've got Everton, I've got Liverpool. Let's see how that fixture plays out. Oh, geez, I'm excited right. to see that. All right, let's go to a six-pointer down at the other end of the table. Fulham at home to Sheffield United. Can Fulham continue to close the gap against Newcastle United? Yes. Yes, they can. I think Fulham have been all right lately. Like They've, they've played some good football. I've, I'm enjoying the um, Loftus-Cheek, Cordova-Reed, um, Lookman-type combination that they've got going on. There's quite a bit of speed and finesse in that front third, and they've seemed to have – they're not shipping as many goals as they were early in the season, which was a real problem for them. Um, Sheffield United, obviously dogged, can do a few things, but I think just think Fulham are a better team, to be honest. I think they'll get it done here. Yeah, Fulham are definitely a better team. You mentioned Fulham's form, how they're playing better more recently. But I think so are um, Sheffield United. I think obviously at the start of the year they had a, like a record terrible start um, in champ- in uh, Premier League history. So, yeah, turn that around, picked up some points um, and see if they can catch West Brom probably be their, their first goal before they think of anything too more ambitious at this point. But, yeah, I think Fulham are a better team, probably got some better weapons um, in the front third. To, to hurt um, Sheffield United. I don't think our boy Mitro will start yet again, but I think Fulham will be too good at home. So a win here for Fulham, and they are within three points of Newcastle United from safety. Yeah, it is alive. Uh, They're alive. Uh, Fulham, they are, we they we are, said we named last week's pod the Great Escape, and let's see if that comes true. All right, let's move on to a uh, London derby: West Ham high flying hammers against Jose's and Gareth Bale's Spurs. What do you think this one? <laughs> this is not Gareth Bale's Spurs. Gareth Bale's Spurs five years ago. Yeah, so look, West Ham, um, pretty good form lately. They've won three out of the last five. They've only lost once. Been very impressed with them lately, and I've spoken highly of the job Moisey's doing. 
Spurs, I wasn't convinced with beating Wolfsburger this week. I know you're quite excited about that and Gareth and his cuts in, but I don't think he'll be anywhere near it. I think West Ham, I think West Ham will be too good for him again this week. But there's always that overtone. Is you're sort of waiting for that Jose 1-0 masterclass, aren't you, in a big game? Yeah, like a tactical piece of brilliance from uh, Jose. So I think this is probably a six-pointer in terms of a Europa League spot. I think that has to be said. Um, do you remember the last time these two clashed? Um, Spurs out to an absolute flyer, 3-0 up, and oh, then West Ham yeah. slowly pegged them back before that wonder strike volley from Lanzini to um, get a point late doors, 3-3. What yeah, I, I do. I, I do recall that. Now it was a great strike from Lindsay. I think it was slightly deflected, but um, yeah. Look, this it's interesting, isn't it? Do you think Harry Kane will be right to play? Was he injured during the week, or I think he was just rested during the week. So I think you'll bring Harry back. I think Dally definitely comes out of the team, and Gareth probably <laughs> comes out of the team. Um, yeah, well, I think Gareth's probably got more chance to start than than Dally Alley. But um, good to see Dally Alley starting, or at least having some pair of boots on, which is nice. But, yeah, I'd like to see um, Bale probably not start just to protect his body and then come on and and see if he can do something um, late doors if or when Spurs need it. So, yeah, I think given that and given that Harry sat the last game out and he's probably fresher, I think I'm leaning towards Spurs. It's always hard to tip against my boy Jose. So I'm probably leaning towards towards Spurs. Are you going to tip West Ham with the caveat that Antonio plays? If Antonio plays, obviously they win. Um, oh, jeez. I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of talking myself out of it, but I think this is actually going to be a oh. score draw because I, I think Spurs, yeah, I think Spurs Spurs have got a goal in them from Harry Kane, obviously. Um, but I think West Ham are a, a more cohesive unit right now, and that's fairly obvious for everyone to see. So I'm going to tip a score draw in this one, but I think West Ham will be the better side throughout. All right, let's see how that plays out. Um, all right, now next fixture, Leicester travel down to Birmingham to play Villa at home. What do you think here? And can Leicester jump over Manchester United for a brief minute? Oh, little old Leicester. Um, yeah, so Villa have had a fairly rapid decline lately. Um, I think they've really dropped off and have been fairly disappointed for what they've been producing. But I thought Leicester were very disappointing in the Europa League as well. Um, bringing Ian Acho on late instead of Vardy, I don't know what Ro- – Rogers must have one eye on this fixture because that is never the answer, especially when the game is nil all. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's a pretty hard one to pick. Obviously, Leicester's form has been pretty good and they've sort of hovered around that second and third spot all year. No big ins or outs. I think you've got to lean towards Leicester City, don't you? I think you do. Um, given the more recent form, I think Leicester have been rather good. I, I appreciate they weren't great um, this morning, actually, in, in the Europa. Nil-nil, um, but that was away from home. A couple of changes to the team, but I think they largely played a, um, a full-strength squad. Started with Vardy and then he got, got taken off at about 70 minutes to um, just save his legs. So, um, yeah, James Justin, as I mentioned last week, is out for the rest of the season, which is sad. But Sionchu is back in and looking fit, so he'll partner Evans, and it's good to see those two back together. I think Leicester's start of the season, um, when they weren't conceding many at all, those two um, played every game and and did really well. Um, Interestingly, Martinez um, is the best keeper in the league if you play any homage to the stats in terms of, uh, yeah, 
saves and percentage likelihood of saves. Do you read anything into that? And will this be a battle of the keepers given um, how quality Casper is? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think there'll be that many shots. Um, I, I, I think this will be fairly cagey, to be honest, and I could be proven wrong. But just because Villa are on a bit of a slide and we'll be looking not to concede a few, and Leicester obviously are happy to sit back and hit teams on the counter. Um, Emmy Martinez has been very good this year, actually. What a great signing he was. I know a lot of people made fun of him saying it was a step up, but um, right now that is still ringing true with Arsenal sitting in 10th. But no, I, don't, I think this is going to be more dependent on the um, who's up top in this game. I think you've got the Jack Grealish, Jamie Vardy sort of rivalry thing going on. Because um, I think Vardy, Vardy's... Oh, you mean like Madison? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Madison. Sorry. Um, yeah. Madison, not Vardy. Because I think that this is crucial for Jack Grealish's Euro chances. He's got to show up Madison, doesn't he? Yeah, well, I think a lot of people sort of compare those two all the time and um, they're the two that are being tossed around to see whether they um, do or, or don't make the England squad and there's a lot of arguments out there that they can't both be in the same squad because they're too similar. So it will be interesting. Madison is in really good form at the moment. I think in this game you're probably looking to see Leicester dominate the ball and Villa to sit in a bit and, and try and catch them on the on the break. I think Leicester will, yeah, will dominate the ball and, and press forward and I think they'll be able to crack Villa and get this done. So Leicester for me. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go Leicester as well. Sadly, yeah. not very exciting for everyone. All right, let's go to um, probably second best match this week, and we got a master and apprentice type scenario going on here. Arsenal at home to Man City. Everything else we've got going on, and you've picked first versus tenth as second best game of this week. Are you taking the taking the piss here? No, well, there's elements to this, mate. It's an onion. Keep peeling. Uh, <laughs> tell you what the elements are. Manchester City banging five past them. That's oh. all the elements. Oh, oh no. You see Saka trying to keep things together, and then City just absolutely pelting them. Phil Foden will get a hat-trick here. They'll absolutely smack them. What do you think? <laughs> so oh, yeah, well, I'm probably not as strong as you are on Man City in this game. I think Man City will win. Um, don't get it twisted. But, yeah, I don't think I see Manchester City smacking them. Um, it will be interesting. We spoke about the um, Madison and Grealish combo. And then this one sort of has a little bit of that as well with uh, Foden and Saka, two young English talents going head-to-head here as well. But I think, yeah, Man City, I, I'd tip them to beat anyone um, going into any sort of fixture um, yeah. within the next week or so. It would probably take Bayern out of that, um, as I mentioned last week. But I think, yeah, Man City just be too strong. They're just too good. They're just flying at the moment. Um, and, yeah, I think they'll be too good. Interesting to see how um, Pep and Arteta sort of get on here and if there's any ruckus on the sideline. You've got, you got to staunch him, don't you? If you're Arteta, you've probably just got to shirt front him. But I am very interested in what you said before because I think Phil Foden the last couple of weeks has been absolutely electric. And Saka's obviously the shining light of Arsenal's season. I think he's got a bit more support with Smith, Rowe and Odegaard now. And that seems to be functioning quite well. But I just think City are going to be too good in every aspect. Um, the other thing that caught my eye this week is there could be a return for Kevin De Bruyne. As a football fan, very excited. As someone who doesn't like Man City, very sad. Yeah, I think it's exciting if you're a neutral, but I'm not sure you, if you're Pep, you want to <clears throat> sort of rush him back or you need to rush him back. I think you look how good Man City are going at the moment and there's no <clears throat> there's no need or 
anything like that to sort of break the flow up of this team. I think if you pep, you just keep things going on exactly as they are and just feed De Bruyne in slowly, sort of give him minutes and until he can sort of establish himself and, and get fit because, yeah, as I said, they're absolutely flying at the moment and they didn't seem to miss him. I think when he left, their form sort of kicked up a notch as well. Um, but I think the key for Arsenal is sort of some penetration because they um, have scored less goals this year than they have in their last 20 seasons. So I think goals are clearly a problem for Arsenal. And if you look on the other side of things, Man City are as tight as ever, have the best defense in the league by a long way, only conceded 15 goals all season, only conceded two goals in the last five Premier League matches. So I think that is the key there, but I see Man City getting it done. Yeah, so Man City also have the second best attack in the competition and the second best attack in Manchester as well. So um, I think I think uh, on they, top. yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, I think no, I think they've way too much for. It. I think it's be fairly one sided. I've got City to win, um, and I imagine Pep in a Zen like state of happiness after this game, where he goes, "We're in such good form, I can rest Kevin De Bruyne for a couple of more weeks." Yeah, I think just feeding back in slowly. <clears throat> All right, so you've called the next game the Steve Bruce Derby. I'm calling it the Nicky Butt Derby. Manchester United versus Newcastle United. Does Brucey have a hope here? No, but they'll probably still go in front. That's the thing. No matter what else happens, it'll probably be like a Joel Linton special or an Andy Carroll header or something. Manchester United will probably go behind in this game. But Newcastle the last couple of weeks have been pretty awful. Um, and again, they're not showing great signs. And like, I feel like almost out of nowhere, the pressure is on them again because Fulham are within six points. As we said, if they win here, they're three points behind them. Manchester United have been pretty poor. Bit of a recovery midweek against Sociedad. Nice to go over to Turin to play Sociedad and score four. And then this week, they get a bit of a punching bag in Newcastle too. So they should win by a few, shouldn't they? Shouldn't, Shouldn't they? they? Shouldn't that's, they? <laughs> that's the thing about Manchester United, right? They they don't not necessarily beat these teams or make it easy for themselves when, um, yeah, these fixtures are sort of lined up. But as you say, great form during the week, straight four home and a clean sheet, which is really good news. Interestingly, Fulham play on the Saturday and this fixture's on the Sunday. So if Fulham win, um, yeah, I think the pressure really piles up on Newcastle. And I think that might change what Brucey does or what he goes for in this game. Uh, like obviously Fulham lose, it's almost a free hit for Newcastle. They can go out and try and play and um, see if they can sort of roll Manchester United and, and really crack open that gap. But yeah, I think that will be a fixture that all the Newcastle players and staff will be watching Fulham, um, Chef United. But I think Man U will be too strong. I think their form's good. Um, a nice little um, day's break for them extra than most other teams, which they needed after playing in the Europa so, yeah, I think all these boys will stay in second and will pile the pressure on Newcastle here. Yeah, and just keep that chase alive too uh, for Manchester City. <laughs> um, oh, all right, yes, yeah, so I think hopefully we see a couple of goals in that one at least. But that's it. All right, well, that's it. So, um, mate, I'm going to ask you for a banker for the week. So, at the... What we're going to do here, because um, Roger didn't flick through his tips, even though he said he would, um, <laughs> we're looking for a banker. So my banker is Chelsea to beat Southampton. What's your banker? Okay, so my banker is Manchester United to beat Newcastle United and Marcus Rashford to score. All right. And that's it for this week. So give us our socials and we're out of here. All right. So if you want to get in touch with the show, email is 
football played on paper at gmail.com. Um, Facebook football played on paper, Instagram at football played on paper, and um, Twitter is at football on pods. Just be quick to get in touch with us too because we are officially news. So we don't know how long we'll be able to keep that title for with uh, everything going on. But as your primary source of football news, we are doing everything we can. Every, everything we can. Um, we've got a meeting with the lizard man um, later this week, so we'll see how Sucks. that goes. <laughs> Sucks. All right, keep, an keep, an keep an eye on Tuchel's outfit and we'll see you next week.